Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast here on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Michelle had to get in her little fantasy football plug right before the show started. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah, that's my bad. That's my bad. We're talking about how Dak Prescott's better than Trevor Lawrence, but I had to make sure to emphasize in fantasy, not in real life. Right. Yeah. And because obviously in real life, Dak is terrible. Um, But he did get me a win last week. So there's that. Before we get started uh, talking about Chase Young and some of the changes we want to see the Niners make during the bye, we just want to remind you, please like and subscribe to the Gold Standard Network YouTube channel and also rate, review and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. We're too low on the charts, damn it. Right now, we need your ratings and your reviews because that will help us get higher on the charts so that people can discover us. That's the hardest thing to do for a podcast is get people to realize that you exist because there's 50 billion pods. Please leave us a rating and a review. It will help us do that. Michelle, first off, we got to quickly, before we get into the Niners, talk about your Steelers getting a win on Thursday night football. Big deal. And this, this does relate to the Niners because your offensive coordinator left the booth. He went down to the sideline. That solves all the problems, right? And the Steelers put up, checks notes, 20 points. I will say none of the offensive issues last night were on Matt Canada. I actually thought Matt Canada called like one of the best games I can remember. Uh, not, none of the issues were him. Kenny Pickett was terrible, had some just bad plays overall by some of the offense, but Kenny Pickett just kept overthrowing guys for no reason. Kenny Pickett sucks. Kenny Pickett sucks, but I'm happy they won watching those games destroy my soul. <laughs> 
<laughs> Flynn West says, what's up, Michelle? Can you believe the Steelers and Niners have the same record? I cannot. That is really, really sad. I was going to talk about how uh, the Rams, if they win this week, they only have one fewer win than the uh, 49ers if they end up winning, which is just insane. Like, what is going on? Yeah, but the Niners have a head-to-head matchup victory against the Rams. So, Well, yeah, I'm not worried about the Rams at all. It's just the thought that these teams who suck are going to have similar records as the 49ers. But are you telling me then that you think that Matt Canada moving from the booth to the sideline made a difference? Oh, no, it had no, that doesn't make any difference whatsoever. It's just okay. the point that I'm not putting the offensive struggle blame on him for once. I normally always do. But last night, I actually thought he called a really, really good game. Do you think uh, are you one of the people that wants Steve Wilkes on the sideline or do you think it not it won't matter? I think people just want Steve Wilkes on the sideline because they think they're going to get that energy that right. they got from D'Amico Ryans and uh, um, Robert you know, Sala. Yeah, Robert Sala. Like Steve Wilkes isn't that guy. You're not going to get that energy. You're not going to get that pumped up like we. Like, no. He's not going to pump up his players the same way that those two guys did. And if he tries to, it's going to come across as really fake, and it's going to have the opposite effect. Yeah, so, it, it, it would be cringy. <laughs> it would be cringy. Yeah, you're not that guy, pal. You're not yeah. that guy. Uh, Super Prime says, happy Mimosa Friday. Do you have a, a beverage with you today, Michelle? I'm drinking, drinking coffee. Oh, uh, well, good. Um, Super Prime, by the way, shout out to you, YouTube channel member. If you want to become a YouTube channel member, it's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis, you get membership badges, you get priority comment response. It's a great way to support the channel. If you can, please sign up. I would really, really appreciate it. Uh, Flynn West is back. He says, have you seen Steve Wilkes in the booth? He's a freaking statue. That's what he would be on the sidelines too. I was just thinking like, if you're used to sitting during the game, are you just like pissed that you have to stand for three and a half hours? (laughs) I wouldn't want to stand for that long. And you'd be in the weather too, right? In the booth, you're, you know, it's, it's temperature controlled, but on the sideline, you're a victim of the elements possibly. I I think that's such an overblown thing. I think the only reason that they would make the move is because people would be, complaining about it like i don't think steve wilkes is suddenly like yeah maybe i should go down on the sideline like steve young had a they good did say during uh the game last night that it wasn't so much about the communication between pickett and canada it was it i guess it's much harder for these coaches to get to communicate with each other when they're so separate so the head coach has much more opportunity to speak with the in our case, in the Steelers case, the OC, but in this case would be Steve Wilkes, you know, Shanahan and Wilkes would have more opportunities to speak during the game. So that, that might help. I guess. I mean, they have phones. It's 2023. We really having communication issues. Like, I don't know, whatever. At this point, something has to change Michelle. And the biggest thing that changed this week, of course, is the acquisition of chase young Niners give up a third round comp pick. They basically give up nothing. Nothing. They could potentially get the comp pick back, maybe, depending on the contract that Chase Young signs if he were to leave. And it's a comp pick. The Niners are going to get more of those anyway because of Rand Carthon and something else that I can't remember. Mike McGlinchey, maybe. I can't remember what it was. But they're going to get comp pick. They got him for nothing, basically. I like the move. I don't know why the commanders do it, because... They're like not getting any different of a pick than if they just (laughs) let them walk next year. It doesn't really make any sense to me, but okay. But for the 49ers, this is basically you could it's it can be one of two things, just a rental, which is fine. It's basically a free rental for the year and see if you can win a Super Bowl with him. Or he balls out, he really helps this defensive line, he helps Nick Bosa get his sack numbers up as well, and everything's great. And you want to and then you have the first shot at 
signing him, like re-signing him. So I think this was uh, no brainer move for the 49ers. I'm surprised other teams didn't jump on that opportunity. Um, for the commanders, it makes no sense. So I heard this yesterday, and I didn't think of it. What I, The story that I heard is that Nick Bosa is staying around the facility during the bye week to give Chase Young a crash course in the offense, which I was like, hey, or in the defense, excuse me. And I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. Good job by Nick Bosa. And I didn't think of this. I didn't apply my normal level of skepticism to the story, which shame on me. My friend Bob texted me, and he's like, Bosa's not staying to give Chase Young a crash course in the defense. He's staying to get his own stuff together because he hasn't been good this year and he missed all of training camp. And I was like, damn, you know what? There's probably a little bit of truth to that. Also, aren't they could be besties, right? Didn't they play together? Yeah, for a year at Ohio State. They are. Apparently, Chase Young like really looks up to Nick Bosa, you know, mentor-mentee kind of a thing. So, yeah, there's there's definitely a bestie relationship there for sure. Yeah, this will be, you know, they get to hang out again. He's there. I'm sure it's a little, no one does anything selflessly, you know? There's always a little bit of selfishness in every decision you make. Hmm, life philosophies from Michelle on a Friday. I see the bye week comes along, you get philosophical on us. I like it. Xandro96 watching on Twitch. Shout out to everybody on Twitch. We love you. Uh, thank you, Rob and Michelle, for the show. Rob, your experience about your first NFL game got me so excited as I will be at my first ever NFL game next weekend here in Germany. Please. Unfortunately, it's not the Niners, but I will represent them. Love from Germany. Go Niners. That's awesome. It is so cool. It is so different than watching on TV. I still can't get over it. I love being able to see everything. I love being able to see the whole field. It was an experience like none other, and I'm desperately trying to go back to Levi's this year. I'm so jealous that Germany gets the Chiefs-Dolphins game. Oh, I mean, I that game should be amazing. Unfortunately, the game after that in Germany, I think, is the Colts-Patriots. They might not give you the most fun experience of all time in an NFL game, but it'll still be fun to be in that environment. Absolutely, it will. Um, we're going to get into some best bets for this week, non 49ers, obviously, because they're on the buy, but we still have some betting advice for you. So don't worry. We got you covered. There things you can uh, bet on and make, but you were telling me before the show, Michelle, that you don't think necessarily that chase young is going to help or, or change that much with this 49ers defense. It's not that I don't think he's going to help or change things. I just don't think the issue lies with the defensive line players. I think it's the secondary completely. So, a, they're forcing, when they force a pressure, right? When the 49ers force pressure onto the quarterback, they're allowing a 63.6 opponent completion percentage, which is the worst in the NFL, the highest oh. in the NFL. And the 49ers opponents are getting the ball out super fast when they are getting pressured. So they're, they clearly have learned, okay, the 49ers are going to pressure us because they have a really good defensive line. We need to get the ball out quickly, right? That's the game plan. They're getting the ball out within three Point zero seconds time to throw second fastest in the NFL when being pressured, right? So the 49ers opponents are getting the ball out second fastest time to throw, which doesn't really allow this. This is why it makes sense that they're getting a ton of pressures, but not sacks because you need a second to be able to actually sack them. Like mm -hmm. you can't get to the quarterback that fast. You need the secondary to cover for a couple seconds, please. Like, please give us some time to be able to get the sack. So I think that's why these pressures are not converting into sacks. It's not so much. I think the players are sucking. They're getting the pressures. They just need more time to actually come down with the sack, but the secondary are not doing their job. They're not covering their man. D'Amador Lenore has allowed the eighth most receiving yards and primary coverage this season among all corners, according to PFF. 
Isaiah wow. Oliver is allowing an 88% completion percentage in primary coverage, worse among all corners with 200 plus snaps. He's forced an incompletion on just 3% of targets his way. Worst among all corners that have been targeted 40 plus times this year. And Traverius Ward himself has not been good at all over the last couple of games. Like just watching him, the eye test, I'm like, this dude is not playing like he usually does. And then I went and looked at his grade at PFF, 61 PFF coverage grade over the last two weeks. From weeks one through six, he was at 78, which is a very solid number, 61 though. So over the last two weeks, he's allowed two touchdowns in primary coverage. And he, it's not even just the touchdowns, like in the twenties, he's not doing the same things and teams are really targeting him too. I feel like they're coming at him. That's the telltale sign, right? It's one thing for us to do the eye test and all that. But when you see other teams going at him frequently, he's supposed to be our top corner. He was the big free agent signing. He was the, you know, the, the final infinity stone for this defense that they thought they were going to get to, you know, shut people down. And he hadn't done it this year. There was a play against the Vikings where Cousins targets him deep and he doesn't even know that his receiver is getting the ball thrown to him. And luckily the guy fell on the ground and dropped it. And then he celebrates afterwards. I'm like, dude, you don't I even hate know. when they do that. I hate when these <laughs> defenders celebrate when it had nothing to do with them. Yeah, that's that is very frustrating. I will say, like, Rasul Douglas was clearly on the trading block. And I, I get the appeal of adding a guy like Chase Young. Like, what could he do to your defense line? And maybe it does tremendous things, and they're just, like, unstoppable. The, the, with Nick Bosa and Chase Young, they're just an un unstoppable duo, maybe. But I do think Rasul Douglas would have been such a sneaky trade for a candidate that helps you in an area that I think that's why – I think that may have helped the pass rush more than adding another pass rusher. I had heard that they were in on Douglas, that they really tried, but ultimately they just, you know, another team made a better offer and the Niners got beat out for him. The question is, the set, you gave the numbers in the secondary and those are awesome and thank you for those. Is it because the pass rush isn't been, hasn't been good enough or is it because they're not calling the right coverages to allow the pass rush to get home. For example, if you, if you send a bunch of people on the pass rush and you play off man coverage, you're giving the quarterback easy completions because he's going to look to get the ball out of his hands. He's going to look to his first guy. It's going to be off coverage and he's just going to dump it off to him. That is the question for me because that's fixable. If they're just not good in coverage, that's a lot scarier. Yeah. And I, I guess I don't know the answer to that. They are playing a ton of zone. So it probably does make it so much easier for it. It also depends on what quarterback you're playing, right? Like Kirk Cousins ate them alive because he's a smart vet and he knows how to get the ball out quickly. And when there's pressure, he's not going to hold on to it. He's just going to throw to his first read and let's go. Uh, but you're going to face good quarterbacks, and especially in the playoffs. Like that's going to happen. And I, I think there is an answer for these offensive or for these teams on offense, how to beat the 49ers defense as of right now. And that's the thing too, which maybe gives me a little bit of faith. It's not just like people like Kirk Cousins that have had the success against the 49ers. It's also like PJ Walker. Like yeah. so that to me speaks to more of it being a systemic problem on the 49ers part rather than anything else, which hopefully they can fix. Adam says Michelle's name should be Michelle, the real stats module. Um, yeah, I, I always, I think we should just switch names. You take Michelle, you take Mimosa Michelle. I'll take stats. <laughs> I don't even drink mimosas. Uh, Bugazi says, thanks for helping to start my day. Right. Is that a foot emoji? Because not going to lie, I do not understand the end of that. I'm I think not... it's supposed to be an ear. 
Is it an ear? Okay, uh, if it's an ear, good. If it's a foot, I'm a little worried. I think it's an ear. Good. I'm not a foot guy. I don't even like my own feet. My feet are never bare. They're always covered up. I'm disgusted by them. I For hate- some reason, I would very, very much not want to see your feet. <laughs> I don't know why. I feel like they'd be really skinny. What? <laughs> Gee, thanks, because I was just wondering, does Michelle want to see my feet? <laughs> I don't know. This is good. Yeah, this is going going off the rails. I have a file of all funny things that we say for 2023. I, I cut them. I keep track of them. I'm going to put together a montage at the end of the year. I was just listening to ours, and we have one of the funniest moments I've ever been a part of on an air anywhere when you didn't understand how urinals work at the bathroom. This foot thing is going in there now. That's it. I, I Yeah, I still tell people that I didn't know urinals, and they're they're shocked. I guess women just knew how men... No, it's not that you didn't know your well, like well Tell no, no, I know. Thought. I thought you you know the you guys had to pull your pants all the way down in public. And I just thought it was weird that your butts were just out. <laughs> I can't believe that you thought that the best way we could come up with to go to the bathroom in public for men was to just pull the drop trowel and leave your ass to blowing in the wind while you stand at the urinal. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, that's my bad. Uh, apparently, women knew that I just was the only one. Yeah, that is all right. We I don't know how to move on from that. I really don't. Um, oh, uh, Chase Young. The other thing I wanted to say is I'm hoping he can help against the run because they've been getting run all over. This defense. That's part of the reason that teams are having so much success offensively against the Niners is because. Teams are running the ball on early downs, and it's setting up third and short. It's giving quarterbacks options to have easy completions if they go to throw it on third down or they just run it again for another first down. You combine that with the piss-poor tackling, it's it's been bad on defense. That's two things they got to get right. They got to shore up the run defense, and they got to tackle better. Yeah, that's what's really confusing me about their run defense. It's like they were so dominant against the run last year. They started this year really dominant against the run. It, it looked like it was going to be bad in the preseason, right? They're getting run all run all over. But then once the regular season hit, they were dominant against the run. I don't know what changed with that. Like, I, I, I understand the whole pressure thing because the secondary is weak. And we assume the secondary would be weak because they didn't add to it, right? But – the whole run defense doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know why they're struggling there. And I have to put that on Wilkes. I'm not going to blame this factor entirely that I'm about to name, but you talked about it, by the way, Nick Ellard says in Michelle's defense, that's how little kids do it. And it's weird. Yes. We all know. We've all seen a little kid at the year. Well, not all of us. Michelle hasn't seen the little kid at the year at all, but we men have seen when you go into the bathroom and there's a little kid in there, you know, He's pulling the pants all the way down while he's at the urinal. That's just part of the deal. Um, You talked about this a lot this year, Michelle, the travel and how the Niners didn't really have to travel that much. We know when they were playing the Giants and the Cardinals in Dallas, it was home game, home game, home game, and they looked amazing. Then they had a road game in Cleveland, a road game in Minnesota. Then they had to fly all the way back home to face Cincinnati, and they looked tired. Kyle Shanahan said, we look tired, we look beat up, we look slow. And all of those things are not good when you're trying to shut down the run, right? And maybe it's just a combination of the fatigue and the travel. The problem is those things aren't going away. The Niners have to travel the second most miles of any team in the league this year. They're on the road in Jacksonville coming out of the bye. They still got to go to Seattle, to Philadelphia, to Arizona, and to Washington. Yeah, that two Jacksonville games looking harder and harder, too, because the Jaguars are looking good. 
And also like if they, if they don't want to keep traveling, right? Like tra there's only going to be more travel if you don't get that number one seed. So you got to win some games, even though you're tired. So that at the end of the year, you don't have to keep traveling even more on top of what you've already put your body through. One quick thing before we move on. Can we stop with the feet comments in the chat, please? You guys are grossing me out. No, I'm trying to do a show and I'm seeing random feet comments. Snoopy Cortez, I love my wife's feet. Dude, I don't want to know. That's for you guys to, to deal with, all right? Like, no, stop it. Feet people are weird. Um, okay. Traveling. I see now I'm all derailed. What were you just talking about? Oh, the traveling, the tackle, and the Jags. Yes, the Jags look better. Doug Peterson is good. Uh, I, I have a lot of respect for Doug Peterson. I don't think he gets nearly as much credit for having a Super Bowl as he should. Um, and you're going to have to shut down the Jags. You're going to have to shut down Trevor Lawrence, who's really good, who's, you know, physically talented in a way that not a lot of quarterbacks are. It's going to be a, a big contrast to see Trevor Lawrence and Brock Purdy out there because those are people in two different worlds when it comes to athletic ability. Yeah, I, I do think Trevor Lawrence is a bit overrated. I will say that. And I Ooh. do think, yeah, I, I think he's fine. He is an above average quarterback, but he's not even close to the Burroughs, Allen's, obviously no one's close to Mahomes, but he, he's not close to those guys. Uh, and I, that's what he was supposed to be right coming out of school. And now he's in his third season. I he's fine. He's a good, he's a good enough quarterback. Like they shouldn't be looking for a different quarterback. He's good enough. It's just, I don't think he's even close to one of those elite guys and the 49ers should be able to, that's a game they should be able to win. And we'll, we'll get into way more of that next Friday before the game. I will say this is a perfect week for 49ers fans to have a bye week because you get a full slate of a game. You want to watch like a whole day of a game, each block. That's great for yep. you to watch. So you wake up super early. If you're, you know, living in San Francisco, watch the dolphins against the chiefs. Like I, I get it's early, but what a good game. Who cares? Wake oh, up, drink yeah. coffee. Have a beer, you know, who cares? And breakfast then, uh, what'd you say? Breakfast beer. I like it. Breakfast beer. Yeah. And then you get the Seahawks at the Ravens, which obviously we're all going to be rooting against the Seahawks in this game, which I will say, I think the Ravens are going to destroy the Seahawks. So what a fun game to watch. Well, Ooh. as a 49ers fan, as a Steelers fan, won't be as much fun for me. And then in the later game, you get the Cowboys at the Eagles. I do want to hear who you think will win that game in a second. And then you end your night with the Bills at the Bengals. That is just a great day of games there. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, you could certainly do a lot worse to have the bye week. And like not just great games, but like you talked about, some of those games have real implications for the 49ers, which yeah. we'll talk about in a minute when we get to the betting, which I do I do 
actually have a pick on that Seahawks Ravens game. But before we do, there was one more thing I saw that just made me sit a little forward in my chair, as I always do when I get surprised. And that comes from an article on ESPN.com about candidates that could be cut or traded in the offseason. One of those candidates in this article is Brandon Ayuk, receiver for the Niners. And it goes into the justifications, you know, the salary coming up, the high salaries on the team, but also the fact that other big name wide receivers are about to get paid this offseason. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins. The market for wide receivers is going to go up. So I just started to think, like, we always look at this Ayuk discussion as keep him and pay him or let him leave. And I don't think we're looking at it enough from the trade perspective. They can trade Brandon Ayuk and get a pretty good return, like a really good return. And for example, Stefan Diggs got traded for a first, a fifth, a sixth, and a fourth the following season. So that's four draft picks. And I know what you're going to say, Michelle. You're going to say, well, Stefan Diggs was way better than Brandon Ayuk, right? I wasn't going to say that. If you go back and look, Diggs' performance is basically what Brandon Ayuk's was. He had 2,000-yard seasons with Minnesota before he got traded. Never had a double-digit touchdown season. I think the Niners could get a nice little haul for Brandon Ayuk after the year. Yeah, but if the the Vikings don't hit on one of the best wide receivers of our generation with that pick that Justin Jefferson picked that trade looks terrible for them. Right. Cause then Stefan Diggs did turn into such a good wide receiver. Once he was featured as the number one guy and he did see all the targets. You have to remember when Stefan Diggs first started in the league, all the targets were going to Adam Thielen. I mean, Stefan Diggs was still getting his, but he was the wide receiver too. Cause Adam Thielen was the wide receiver one there. And instead of just, featuring him as he clearly could be. He could have been the Justin Jefferson in that offense. We see it with the Bills. They didn't. And that's why Stephon Diggs wanted out because he wanted more targets. Probably what Brandon Ayuk will want. He will probably want to go to another team to make sure he gets those consistent targets and he can be utilized as the top focal point of an offense. But then you might regret it. What if a team does take him? They use him as a focal point. He Freaking is amazing, like Stefan Diggs has been. And then you guys don't hit on a Justin Jefferson in the first round. What then? Well, first of all, that's always the risk whenever you trade anybody for picks, right? You could say that with every potential deal involving draft picks. What if the guys we take suck? Like, what yes. if they took Jalen Rager? It's a risk. one pick before him. And look, what Kyle Shanahan does not have the best record with wide receivers. Danny Gray can't say Dante Pettis in the second didn't, round. Didn't um Shanahan say he would have taken Ayuk, Ayuk over Jefferson? Uh, I don't remember specifically. He I know said he two- was his number one wide receiver in the class. I mean, I guess you got to say that once you take him. <laughs> I know I mean, the two guys he loved were Ayuk and CeeDee Lamb, which, yay, both of those guys were good. Um, but Shanahan has a spotty record with wide receivers. But that is a haul, Michelle, for a team that doesn't, you know, that needs to fill a lot of spots. But then you would have to spill a uh, fill a wide receiver spot. Debo has had the hardest time staying healthy. Yep. George Kittle has a hard time staying healthy. Cause so you mm-hmm. could go from having all these weapons to really not having any weapons at all. And that would be really scary. I get, I mean, you still have McCaffrey. You still have Kittle. You still have Debo. Yes. They tend yeah, to get hurt all the time, but not all at the same time. Hopefully Sometimes. anyway, I just think if you can get four picks for IU, including a first, I'm trading him. I'm sorry. 
I'm absolutely. If you don't think he'll resign with you, he might not want to resign there. Even if he wants to resign, I'm not paying market rate for him. I'm not. I'm not paying market rate for a guy who too many times in his career drops the tough ball in the tough spot. Okay. I mean, you're going to have to pay up for these wide receivers, or maybe you get lucky and hit one in the draft, but they're not going to get any less expensive. And all these guys out in, he's probably the cheapest one that you named in that group. Maybe Michael Pittman would get cheaper, but he's having a really great year. So that Pittman and Ayuk are probably around the same right now. T Higgins and Ayuk are probably around the same, but you know, Jefferson and Chase are going to break the market. Yeah. That I can't even imagine what they're going to get. Waltzing one-on-one on Twitch says it's not Kyle's fault. Danny Gray turned out to not actually exist. <laughs> <laughs> Just take away third round picks from Kyle Shanahan. That's why when they were like, Oh, the Niners traded for Chase Young. I was like, what'd they give up? They were like third round pick. I was like, Perfect. Oh, so we got him for free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's like, Sometimes people do worry about trading draft picks too much, right? Like they value the draft picks too much. Well, with the Niners in the third round pick, you're like, well, they never get anybody good in the third round anyway. So you don't feel like you gave up anything. So it goes both ways, I guess. But if I could get four picks for Brandon Ayuk in the offseason, I'm absolutely doing it. I wouldn't worry about this now, except it is the bye week and ESPN.com happened to have that article. That's the only reason why I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I would be worried if they trade away Brandon Ayuk because that means you need Debo to stay completely healthy. And then you also have to find a wide receiver too uh, because I don't know if there is one on the team right now unless Ronnie Bell made a huge step forward. So I I think that's just creating a hole, a huge hole for no reason. Well, the reason is you want the draft picks. You want cheap labor, essentially, that Ayuk is too expensive and you've already signed everybody else. Just uh, use all your picks. Uh, trade away Brandon Ayuk, use all of your picks, and uh, go up to number one and take Marvin Harrison Jr. Maybe oh not number God. one, number two. Yeah, I actually Googled. I was like, let me see the receivers in the draft, and I forgot about him, which is a terrible job by me. But I was He's like, going to oh. be better than Justin Jefferson. He's going to be insane. Think about that. Like that. Imagine if they got him. That would be insane. But, yeah, that's obviously not happening. But, anyway, just something that popped into my head. I know everybody loves Brandon Ayuk, but – to me, like when I think of Brandon Ayuk, I think of that play against Cincinnati where the Niners are trying to get points right before halftime and Brock Purdy throws him a perfect ball and it bounces off his face and it's incomplete. And now the Niners can't steal a field goal before the half. I know Brandon Ayuk had a great day. I get it. He had over 100 yards. He, he had a great day. But the one catch he didn't make was the most important play of the game for him. I did want to bring something up. Because ever since I said that Brock Purdy was going to win multiple Super Bowls in his career and be the next Tom Brady, they have not won since I said that. I think I jinxed them. And how can I unjinx them? Like, what do I need to do to unjinx them? Say that he is, I don't know. What's the opposite of Tom Brady? Trey Lance? No. Trey Lance never got a shot. Right. That's the complete opposite of Tom Brady, who got the ultimate shot. I don't know. You you do have to do it. This is on you now. You got the bye week to figure it out. Here's what okay. we're going to do. We need suggestions from people. What can Michelle do to, to unjinx un- Brock Purdy? I, I jinxed him. I jinxed him hard. I still think he's going to win multiple Super Bowls in his career, but I jinxed him hard, and I need to figure out what to say to unjinx it before next game. We want your suggestions. Drop it in the chat. Leave us a rating and a review. Put it in your review. What can Michelle do to unjinx Brock Purdy? And I'm glad you brought up Brock because he's got to stop turning the damn ball over, Michelle. Hideously bad. 
from Brock Purdy, especially in the fourth quarter of the last two weeks, multiple turnovers in both fourth quarters. You cannot have that if you're Brock Purdy and if you're the Niners. Yeah, he's having good games until they have to, you know, score at the end there. And then he just keeps turning the ball over way too much. Michelle needs to say Purdy is the Jordan Mason of quarterbacks. I think it's got to be a little more difficult than that. I mean, I'm not trying to make extra work for you, but, you know, I think it's going to take a little effort on your part. I mean, that would just be mean. That would just that would just be mean for me to say. James Walsh says, I've been a 49ers fan for 34 years, been through the good and the dark ages. A lot of people try to rebuild, but I'm kind of ready for one. You do wonder, it's like a half decade now. Oh, the 49ers are not ready for a rebuild. Mm -hmm. Out of here. You guys lose a couple games and you fall apart. Imagine being the Steelers who haven't scored, (laughs) who haven't hit 400 total yards in a game in 60 games. Like, relax. You guys are great. It'll be fine. I think we're closer to a rebuild than people want to admit. Uh, Going back to Brock Purdy, I saw this from Steve Palazzolo of Pro Football Focus, and I want to get your take on it. I thought it was, you know, I keep telling people we're learning things about Brock Purdy. We still don't know about him. And Steve tweeted it out. Brock Purdy's PFF grade so far this uh, 2022-2023. First three quarters, 84.7, which is ninth best in the league. In the fourth or overtime, it's just 55.2, which is 30th in the NFL. It's not just this year. I know it was a small sample size last year, but in the fourth quarter, Brock Purdy has not been good. It was probably a super small sample size last year because they're always up, right? So I doubt they're throwing it very much in the fourth quarter or doing much of anything. So there probably wasn't too many pass attempts in the fourth quarter last year for him. I'm guessing most of these numbers are from this year. And I, ha- I mean, those those turnovers are going to kill your grade. They're going to kill your passer rating. It, it is what it is. I-, I do think he's still looking like himself for the first three quarters, but those turnovers are going to kill you. And we saw even like Josh Allen go through that. Uh, he's gone through t- times of his career where it's like multiple games in a row where he keeps turning over the ball like it happens and then he gets back on track so hopefully we can see that from Brock Purdy that's what you need to see can are these going to mess with his head and he turns into the next Sam Darnold can't stop turning over the ball or can he fix his mistakes and start to take care of the ball so last year Brock Purdy was 16 of 25 in the second half when trailing with a 64 percent completion percentage no touchdowns two picks and in the fourth quarter when trailing Purdy was five of 12, which is 42%, no touchdowns, one pick. Okay, Again. so 12 pass attempts. That's your sample size. In hey, the fourth quarter. I can only look at what we've seen. I'm, o- I'm only looking at the data that we have, yeah, right? You That's cannot all. use a 12. If your data is only 12 pass attempts, then you got to throw the data away. Stats well, I think it's fair to say he has to be better than he has been. I think that's indisputable when you look at the data, right? Yeah, for the last few weeks, it's been it's been bad. But let's see this break if he can evaluate himself, fix himself, and get back on the right path. James Walsh is still talking about Niners rebuild. He says it's not just the last three games, Michelle. It's the fundamental flaw in the construction of the team that has lasted for seven years. Should have found a top quarterback first and built the O-line and a coach who can identify a top quarterback. That is a legitimate criticism of the 49ers that they are trying to reverse engineer a Super Bowl championship. Usually it's get the quarterback, build the team. The Niners are trying to do the reverse. They've been close, but they haven't gotten over the top. 
They have a lot of faith in Kyle Shanahan. And I personally, I, I know I'm a Kyle Shanahan hater. I'm not a hater. I, I think he's a brilliant play caller. I really do. I think he would be the best offense coordinator by far in the league. He is. I don't think he's a good head coach. Because? Because I don't think he knows how to manage players. And I, I think he does. He makes ridiculous decisions. And he puts guys in the doghouse for no reason. I think he has his favorites that he lets do whatever they want. And then the others don't feel like they're in that inner circle. Like it's very, it seems very clicky. I don't mm -hmm. know. I, I don't love his head coaching style at all. But I mean, he's winning games because he's a brilliant offensive coordinator. He really is. But at the same time, he's also had amazing defensive coaches. And this year he does not, it seems like. So how does he overcome that? We shall see. I think all the stuff on the management of players, I agree with. I mean, they, it is clicky. We had the Cabo click. We literally call them the Cabo click. There's that. There's the the putting in the doghouse. Poor Brandon Ayuk was frozen out for part of his career for no reason. Um, you're not wrong about that. But I also like, I love the play call. I love the play design. I love that in the playoffs, he seems to elevate. I know they've lost some big games. I get that. But if you look overall at Kyle Shanahan in the playoffs, the picture is very, very good. Do you uh, feel like he freaks out when they're down in the fourth yes. quarter? Yes, he puckers. Absolutely, he does. Another reason why a better offensive play caller than coach. Because I feel like once they're down in the fourth quarter, he kind of has, a, like, just gets in his own head. He tightens up. I think you can absolutely see it in the play calls. I think you can feel it out there. And, you know, I don't know how that gets better. It might be a spot where the players have to overcome that. And sometimes that has to happen. That's not just a Kyle Shanahan thing. Sometimes that's everything. Your players ultimately are responsible for what happens on the field. Sometimes your coach bails you out. Sometimes you're going to need to bail out your coaching. Kyle, to his credit, has talked about that. So it's not something that he's totally unaware of. But, you know, Maybe in a big playoff spot, we'll have to see it. Nicholas Parra says, keep up the great work, guys. Third-round picks are definitely concerning for us. Michelle is a jinx this year at times. Say something negative about a player, and it might be reversed. Still love I am a, I am a jinx this year. I feel like every time I say something good about the 49ers, then they come out and stink it up. And anytime I say something bad about a player, they do great. Uh, so, yeah, I, I feel you there. And maybe me talk – I feel like every time I talk crap about Kyle Shanahan, he normally – has a great coaching game or the 49ers kill it. So maybe this week he could, he needs to prove he's a better coach. Doug, uh, Doug Peterson this week, next week, I guess. Yeah. This next game. Yeah. Uh, I just want to point out last week, you said nice things about Jawan Jennings and you said nice things about Jordan Mason. And I just checked the box score. Jordan Mason didn't get a single carry and Jawan Jennings didn't get a to single. Fair, I didn't say anything nice about Jordan Mason. I just said they need to get him some touches because they cannot keep feeding Christian McCaffrey the way they are. He's never going to last. And Jordan Mason can get a few yards, but they didn't feed him. Or, right. I, so I don't want him to be fed, but like they didn't give him any carries. So again, right. like some, some decisions by Kyle Shanahan, I don't love. And one of them being, he is running Christian McCaffrey into the ground. He absolutely does. And it's, that's the scary thing because we all know how important Christian McCaffrey is to the team, but he, he, Let's it rip with him. Like it's it's crazy. I mean, McCaffrey's playing every snap. Nick Bosa played every snap last week for the first time ever. It's uh, sometimes there's a sense of desperation uh, with with how they use guys, and we'll see what happens after the bye. Hopefully, they can come out refreshed, renewed, restored. 
because I really think they have to win these next two games before they enter into the sort of gauntlet part of the schedule with two Seahawks games and an Eagles game. And we'll see how they need to get goes. their their stuff together before facing the Eagles because yes, that is going to be a, a tough game. And if they're not, if their secondary doesn't get it under control, then I, I do think Jalen Hurts is going to get the ball out very quickly. And again, the pass rush is not going to have a chance to get there and actually sack him. And AJ Brown, I don't know who's going to be able to cover him. I mean, right. he's going to destroy them. Well, no one can cover. Not that's not a 49ers problem. Yeah. That's a league wide. Six straight games with 125 yards or more. If I were Jalen Hurts, like if I get in any trouble, I'm just throwing it to AJ Brown. And then if AJ Brown is somehow covered on that play, you have Devonta Smith, who is also a great wide receiver. So eh, Devonta Smith is a great wide receiver. Great. Mm, yeah, I'm less impressed. I put him on Brandon Ayuk's level. I see. To me, that's not that high. <laughs> so that's but fine. To be your second option when you already have such a dominant first one, I mean, that's great. Oh, it's nice for the Eagles. Yeah, but I'm like. Yeah. I'm not staying up late. Like to me, if you're saying, oh no, AJ Brown is covered. So now they have to throw it to Devonta. Okay, that's fine. He's really good. I mean, uh, I don't think so. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. But anyway, let's get into some best bets for this week. We'll start uh, with the Eagles. They're playing the Cowboys in this one uh last oh shoot you know what i'm sorry i didn't write down the spread i'm gonna have to go check it's it real minus quick. the eagles are minus three over under 47 mm, okay what do you like i uh, i think because it's a at home at the eagles if this i honestly would take whatever the home team was but i don't trust the cowboys on the road i'm not quite i didn't look at the weather in philadelphia but i'm guessing it's getting pretty cold and windy up in pennsylvania so I'm definitely, I know the Cowboys offense has looked much better and I do expect Dak to put up some points and have lots of yards, but I still think the Eagles end up winning this game. It'll be a close one, but I would take the Eagles minus three. I think they win by four to six points somewhere in there. I think the Eagles are going to win. I think Dallas has a shot, but I think they're going to need some big plays and possibly some points scored from their defense. So I think Philly has more paths to victory. And this is why it's important for the 49ers, because if Dallas loses, the Niners pass them in the NFC playoff standings. The Niners would be the five seed because they'd have the same record, but San Francisco would have the head-to-head win. And yes, I'm already looking at that stuff. I've been looking at it all year. It's I was going to ask, are you rooting for the Cowboys? Um. Well, we benefit either way, right? Because if the, if Dallas wins, then Philly comes back to the pack and the Niners, you know, have a better shot to potentially get the number one seed. And if Philly wins, first of all, then they basically wrap up the division if Philly wins. And that's another loss for Dallas, which is good because it pushes them below the Niners in the NFC playoff setting. So 
either way, there's some benefit to the 49ers, which is nice. And I think you'd rather the Eagles win the division than the Cowboys, because then if the 49ers win the division, they definitely won't. You, you know, you would much rather have to face the Cowboys than the Eagles early on in the playoffs. Right. I, I think they match up so much better. I, I'm not saying that the 49ers couldn't beat the Eagles in the playoffs, but they match up so much better against the Cowboys. We've seen that. So you'd much rather the Cowboys be a wild card team and then have maybe have to face them than have the Eagles be a wild card team and might have to face them in the first round. That would be terrible. I would rather not have to face the Eagles at all, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. So yeah, delay that. Maybe the Eagles get picked off by somebody else. That's the that's the perfect plan. Uh, so I I've think said, uh, maybe we root for the Eagles in this game as a 49ers fan. I've said I fear the Eagles right now. I absolutely do. They're a gritty team. They have an uncoverable player Their on secondary kind of stinks though. Yeah, okay, but you know what? They know how to win close games. They're mentally tough. They're battle-tested. The 49ers are battle-tested, but we got a glass jaw. Philly doesn't. They grind it out, man. Glass jaw. Yeah, you never heard that expression? I still don't know if you said jaw or jar um, because of your accent that you used there. What accent? I don't don't know. It sounded like a New York accent. Oh, please. Say the word talented, please. Talented. (laughs) Okay. I rest normal to me. Uh, next up, and this is probably the game I'll be watching most closely on Sunday, Seahawks Ravens. I actually took Seattle plus six in this game and I felt pretty good about it, but now you, you got me scared a little bit. Well, listen, like, like Nicholas Para said in the comments, I'm a jinx. So you'll, you'll be fine. I, I think the Ravens destroy the Seahawks. I think it's going to be a look a lot like that Lions game. I don't believe the Seahawks are a great team. I think they are above average team and they should make the playoffs and their defense has really stepped up as of late. Like since week four, they've been one of the best defenses of the league. Their secondary got healthy and then they just traded for uh, Leonard Williams. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Defense tackle. So they should be better as well up front. And they are getting a lot of pass rush from uh, Boye Mafe, their second um, second year guy there. He's been great. I think the Seahawks are a good team, not a great team. A lot like the Lions, where if when they're going to have to go away and face a really good team, they're going to get their butts spanked. And I think that's what happens to the Seahawks. So I would take Ravens minus six. Wow. I, I think the Ravens are going to win. Because I think that Lamar is Lamar is really freaking good. I don't know why some people don't want to give him credit. Like there was a play last week. This is like a perfect. This is I feel like what people always talk about when we fall in love with like traits for quarterbacks. There was a play last week where Lamar drops back in the red zone and his offensive lineman gets shoved into his left leg, his front leg. And at the same time, his receivers coming open in the back of the end zone. And so Lamar just lets his left leg swing open like he's a rock cat like he's doing the kick line and he just fires a perfect strike perfect spiral right in the perfect spot to the back of the end zone for a touchdown like physical just making plays in less than ideal conditions right he didn't have a perfect pocket on a fluke play where an offensive lineman gets shoved into your leg doesn't matter just touchdown ho-hum touchdown That's what people that talk about traits and arm strength and stuff like that with quarterbacks. Those are the type of plays we talk about wanting to be able to make. You know, like Gina, I'm not worried about Geno Smith against the Ravens are allowing the fewest points per game in the league this year. Like the Ravens defense is legit. They're at home. Geno Smith's not going to put up points against them. DK has like been struggling with an injury and I just, I just don't envision them doing much of anything in this game. 
Yeah, there's something weird going on with DK Metcalf and the Seahawks. The vibes there are not good. He's like complaining on the sideline. I don't know specifically what it is. And if anybody has more insight and you want to drop it in the chat, I, I welcome it. But I don't like what's going on there. Well, I mean, I like it. But if you're a Seahawks fan, you probably don't like it. But I, I think this game is going to be close. I don't think Seattle's going to win. But Seattle's defense, I, like you said, has turned it on. Pete Carroll knows how to coach up young talented players especially on defense like he i feel like he's much better with a young team than he is with a veteran team um so i think it's going to be close but i agree i think seattle is not as good as their record looks because they played a bunch of cupcakes yeah i i think uh last week them coming back and winning against the browns i mean uh, somehow the browns keep staying in game so i don't even want to say like oh man they almost lost to the browns because like the 49ers lost to the browns right and for them to be able to come back and win that game good for them I just, I, again, this is like a win. This is a lose, lose, win, win game for me because either one of these teams lose makes me happy for one of my teams, 49ers or Steelers, but then one of these teams have to win, which I also Mm -hmm. don't want, which kind of stinks. Uh, But I, I do think the Ravens are the much better team in this matchup. We will see Edgardo with the point of the day, the lions are getting the number one seed. They have the weakest schedule. Have you looked at the Lions schedule, Michelle? No, I haven't. It is comical it is like the league said okay everyone likes dan campbell the lions have been bad for a long time let's just give them a super easy schedule and put them in the playoffs let me throw it up on the screen for people in case you're watching on the youtube stream it is unbelievable the schedule to be fair the vikings would have been two hard games but now with Kirk cousins out yeah well that's the thing it gets even easier right so here we go The Lions, they got the Chargers after the bye. They're on a bye this week. They got the Chargers. Then they have the Bears, who stink. The Packers, who stink. New Orleans, who stinks. The Bears again, who stinks. Denver, who stinks. No Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Then they play the Cowboys. Then they finish with Minnesota. If the Lions don't get the number one seed, it would be a massive collapse. They should be crushed for it. The NFL is handing them the number one seed. Now, no, the Eagles only have one loss. What if they keep winning? They should get crushed because the Eagles are great. The Eagles schedule is brutal. But what if the Eagles keep winning? The Lions can't make the Eagles lose. They don't play them. So how would you like them? Like, what if the Eagles just keep winning? I guess it's possible. But look at the Eagles schedule. They got Dallas. Then they're in Kansas City. Then Buffalo. Then San Francisco. Then Dallas. Then Seattle. They're the end of the season. We're all easy. That is a stretch for the Eagles. You tell me they're going to win all those games? Maybe, but I think, you know, even good teams lose games against good teams. So to me, it's on a platter for the Lions and they better do it or they're frauds. Oh my goodness. The 49ers lost to the Browns. Yeah. And we thought that was going to be an easy game. So you can't say if the 49ers, I'm, I'm sure the Lions are going to lose at least one more game, right? So if they're, they finished with three losses on the year, they're going to be frauds just because the Eagles finished with two. Yes. Of three. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. How okay, many games did the Vikings win last year? And everybody said they're complete frauds. Nobody believed in them. Nobody was impressed whatsoever. They, they ended have- up winning a lot of close games, right? That was it. The Lions are destroying teams. They got destroyed one time, but they're destroying they should destroy teams. teams. They're playing the little sisters of the poor here. This is such a cake schedule for the Lions. It's unbelievable. They better get the number one seed. They've played. What are the hard teams they've played? Seattle. Oh, they lost. 
Baltimore, up, oh, they got their doors blown in. They beat Kansas City by one point in week one, which is always a weird week. Anytime they've played anybody that has their stuff together, the Lions lose. I mean, they lost in overtime against the Seahawks. I don't know. They lost. They, what, game gets to overtime, so it doesn't count? So are the 49ers frauds? They're kind of looking like frauds. They're certainly front runners right now. Yeah. How you know, I, I would I would switch uh, the situation for the Lions with the Steelers in one second. You know whose frauds are the Pittsburgh Steelers at frauds. five and three? There can be more than one fraud. That's for sure. Um, Nicholas Parr says that's the biggest difference between the Niners and other top teams. The other teams finish in the fourth. That's uh, that 0 and 37 stat went down in the fourth is concerning. Yeah, the stats a little misleading. I think it's 0 and 37 under Shanahan went down by seven or more in the fourth quarter. The or more part of that is the is the part like, yeah, if he's down seven, if all those games were him down just seven points and he hadn't won any of them, I'd be a little concerned. But it also includes games where we were down seven, 10, 12, 14, whatever the case may be in the fourth quarter. So I don't know how much data you well, can. That's how it is play. for all teams. Right. And it's still the worst record among all those teams in that stat. So, well, I mean, you don't if you don't have any wins. Yeah, it's probably going to be. Yeah, you can't, you can't do worse than zero wins in that spot. Um, but it's not like other teams are dominating in that situation. Your winning percentage is very, very low, even when you're trailing by, you know, just three or more in the fourth. But yeah, the five, 49ers do have that little, you know, that whiff of fraud around them right now. I think everyone's overreacting to a few games uh, about all teams, right? It happens every week. Uh, every team gets an overreaction with how well or how bad they performed that single week. And then like after the Lions got destroyed by the Ravens, it was like, oh, no, like they're not good. And then they come out and destroy the Raiders and everyone's like, oh, they're good again. It's like it doesn't it, it just goes back and forth. It flip flops back and forth no matter what teams do that week. If the 49ers come out and kill the Jaguars after the bye, everyone's going to forget about that three those three losses and be right back on the 49ers are great again. The concerning thing, though, is you feel like they've lost the three games the same way, right? Can't get the quarterback on the ground, allowing yards to wide receivers, allowing the first read to be open, not tackling in the run game. That's the other concerning part of this is not just that they lost. It's like other teams have seemingly cracked the code and the 49ers know what's coming and they still can't stop it. That I, I will give you that. It is like it's not just balls not bouncing their way or whatnot. It's not just them getting unlucky. It's like, they are just allowing a ton of yards on the ground. I hate, I'm, I hate that Traverius Ward is just seems like he's getting bullied. He really does. Like we know, uh, Diamador Lenore stinks, right? We know Isaiah Oliver stinks. That's what we're planning on. But Traverius Ward can't also stink. That cannot happen. And he was really good last year. And I thought, I thought he looked just fine. The, the start this year. Like I wasn't concerned about him at all. He was doing his thing mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks. So it is just quarterbacks have decided, you know what? We're not scared of Ford and we are going to target him a lot. And he's not proving them wrong. He's not saying, no, you shouldn't target me because he's not, <laughs> he's not doing anything to stop these receptions. They're, they're getting completed. They're making big plays against him. And that is a huge worry. And then also Brock Purdy's turnovers. I mean, that's happening now multiple times where that's why they're losing games. So you're right. It's all the same things. And that needs to, those are things they need to fix over their bye week. 
when you have a roster that is ex- as expensive as the 49ers roster, you have to get premium production out of the guys you're paying a premium contract amount to. You have to. Otherwise, you will not win games. That's just the nature of the NFL. And you go look at the 49ers highest paid players right now. George Kittle, they finally started using him, but they don't use him. So he doesn't produce. Nick Bosa has not produced enough sacks nearly. You talked about Charvarius Ward. Fred Warner started off the year like a house of fire, but certainly the last three weeks, his play has dropped off a little bit. Eric Armstead is a ghost. Javon Hargrave is even, he's like a homeless ghost. I don't know where the hell Javon Hargrave has been. I don't even know what number he wears. That's how infrequently he's on camera. I mean, their top players are not, except for Christian McCaffrey, they're not really producing, and that's why they've lost their streak. Yeah, that's confusing, too, with Hargrave. Uh, Hargrave started off the season hot, too. We were like, wow, what a great signing. Like, he is making such a difference. And then I don't know what's happening. Fred Warner, people were talking about him in the defensive player conversation of the year, like before a couple weeks ago. And now that just seems silly, right? Because he's been playing not good whatsoever, missing a lot of tackles, which is not something Fred Warner does. It's just like these guys are all getting in their heads or something. That's what it really feels like. They're overthinking it. And Warner keeps talking about how they have to win close games, how they can't just be a team that can only win when you're ahead. They have to be able to come from behind. He's talked about it two straight weeks after the game. I almost wonder if it's in his head. Like, oh, man, we can't give up any points because if we're behind, we can't win. So our defense has got to be perfect. And everybody, you know, is just freaking out a little bit too much, too. I almost wonder if that's part of it. That's what the vibes right now. Not good. I do think it was very necessary for a bye. Cause I think, I don't think they would have been able to make the changes in a week. And then they would have had to fly to Florida and like, try to make the, I think it would have been the exactly the same thing that we've seen the last few weeks. And maybe they get lucky and they, they win. But I think this buy came at the right time. They need to work through things. They need to fix a lot of their issues, but this buy should give them that opportunity to just review everything from what's going on. What did they do well in the beginning of the year? How can we get back to that? And just like get back to 49ers play because how they're playing the last few weeks, this is not the 49ers. So there are nine games left in the year. If you're watching on the stream, I just threw up the 49ers schedule, Jacksonville, Tampa, Seattle, Philly, Seattle, Arizona, Baltimore, Washington, and the Rams. How many of these nine games do you think the 49ers win right now? Knowing what you know about this team at this moment on November 3rd, how many of these nine games do you think the 49ers win? Um, okay. So they beat the Jags. I really think that after the bye, they'll beat the Buccaneers. They'll beat the Seahawks. I think they lose. Yeah. Wow. They lose to the Eagles. Okay. Beat the Seahawks again, beat the Cardinals. Ravens will be hard, but it's a home game. I think they beat them. Ooh. Beat the commanders, beat the Rams. So I think they only lose one more game the rest of the year when they come back from bye. Do you think they're going eight and one in that stretch? That is a prediction right there for you. That would fit right into the the run that the 49ers. Oh, with my jinxing, I should have had them win one, one out of eight. Goodness. Late. You've already put it into the universe, Michelle. That's it. They're going one and eight now after the bye. Um, I'm, I'm less optimistic. I think they beat Jacksonville. I think they beat Tampa. I think they're going to split against the Seahawks. So I'll give the Seattle the road, uh, the home win on Thanksgiving, and I'll give the Niners the win in week 14. But they're going to split that game. I think they lose to the Eagles. So right now I have a three and two in five games after the bye. They're going to beat the Cardinals. They're going to lose to the Ravens, and then they'll win the last two games of the year. 
So I have them, what is it, five and four after the break, which would put them at five, 10 and seven on the year. Probably good enough to get into the playoffs. In yeah, the definitely NFC, good enough in the NFC. Which is all you can ask for. Like, because I think once you get into the playoffs, everybody's got a puncher's chance, right? Like, I know you'd like to be at home as versus on the road, but just get into the dance and I'll take my chances with Kyle Shanahan and this roster against anybody in the playoffs. I think what you just said, what you just went through, is their worst case scenario. I really do. So I think their worst case scenario is after the bye, they finish five and four and they still make the playoffs at 10 and seven. And we'll see where it goes from there. Mine is probably like, obviously the best case scenario besides going nine and zero, oh, but like eight and one is pretty fantastic. Right. So I'm more, way more on the optimistic side. You're pretty much the most pessimistic that you can get for that, <laughs> for that schedule. I mean, five and four is, would be pretty disappointing. That means they did not fix things at all during the bye right and i honestly like how much can you really fix can you fix some of it yeah i think you can i don't think you could solve all your issues i don't think they're going to come out of the bye and we're going to go oh we're all set now we're good like i I just i don't think that's going to be the case with the state of this roster the health of this roster and the coaches that they do have i let's split the baby you're eight and well you're saying eight and one i'm saying five and four what if we call it six and what three i think that's fair that would put them at 11 and six that's probably is that good enough to win the division i would have to look at the seahawks or or a schedule again i I don't think the seahawks are very good but if they have a schedule like the lions do well nobody uh, has a schedule like the lions they face the ravens that's a loss the commanders i think commanders and seahawks aren't that different (laughs) teams wow well, no, Commanders no, defense. I won't be that mean. They'll beat the Commanders. Then they get the Rams, they get the 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles, Titans. Yeah, I, I think they lose at least another five games this year. Mm. So that would give them seven losses. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it may come down to those two Seattle games may decide the actual division. And uh, I, I think the 49ers win both of them. Easily, easily. And by the way, I should mention, if Seattle does lose to the Ravens, the Niners would be in first place in the NFC West because the tiebreaker goes head-to-head matchups, which Seattle hasn't played yet. And then the next one is division record, and the Niners haven't lost in the division. Uh, And in terms of the losses that the Niners have had, they've actually had, and I hate this phrase, but I'm going to say it, good losses. Because the only NFC game that they've lost is Minnesota. The other two were AFC games. And that doesn't hurt you when it comes to seeding for the playoffs. So. That's you can live with that right now if you're the 49ers. Yeah, and that's what we're saying before the Browns game. Like, uh, if they lost, it would be terrible because they're the Browns and they're playing PJ Walker. But losing to the Browns isn't really that big of a deal when it comes to the standings. So we'll see if the Niners get it turned around. I hope they do. We all hope they do. I hope they do from a business perspective too. Let me just say that. But that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thank you, everybody, so much for all your support. Please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Please and thank you. Enjoy the week of football. Enjoy the stress-free nature of this weekend because when we come back, it is going to be a grind. It is going to be pedal to the metal. Got to not must win every game, but man, you really got to turn it around. So it's going to be a hell of a finish to the season, Michelle. Yeah, next week will be a really fun episode to talk about that Jaguars game because it's a huge game. I know it's another AFC game, and I just said losing the AFC team isn't that big of a deal, but like you cannot lose four games in a row. So we will dig into all of that next week. 
please, please, please join us for that. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, y'all.